0: Two Brothers One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone, it's another episode of Two Brothers One Mike. Welcome back. I'm Joe and as always my brother Coach Tony is here. Tony. Tony.
1: What's going on, Joe? What's going on, t Bomb Land? How's everybody doing today, Joe? How are you doing today?
0: Uh, doing good. Doing good.
1: Another busy day. Um, yeah. So instead of instead of um, uh, going into what we u- usually go into, which is maybe something you know nostalgic, like '80s trivia, uh, worthless facts, things of that nature. Uh, sometimes we do feel good stories. Today, I want to I want to point out a few things, some very important things that I feel that our listeners need to understand. Um and Joe, you can elaborate on this after I, you know, with each point made. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, go
0: ahead. No, I was just saying I could try. <laughs> all right. All right.
1: Okay, that's all we can ask of you. Um. So you know, first thing I want to talk about is this, and this this is important. Uh. Folks, we are trying to get this show out there to as many people as possible. And now we're in the early going, right? I mean, this is episode 16, if I'm not mistaken. It is. Uh, And um, and so that being said, uh, we're not looking for, uh, you know, it's not like we were expecting, we're not expecting 10,000 listeners overnight or something like that. But we truly believe uh, in the importance of this show and getting to as many people as possible over, uh, you know, a certain amount of time. And, and so that being said, this is where those of you who are getting something from this show, benefiting from this show, enjoy this show, this is where you help us out. Um, and so that being said, you know, sharing and liking and giving a review, um, you know, what you think about this show is extremely important. And my technical advisor can tell you more about that. And He just happens to be the co-host of this show. So, Joe, what what is it they need to do? Uh, if they truly are benefiting from the show and they truly enjoy T bomb, uh, in order to get the show out to other people,
0: right, right, and and you know, let me, I'm, I'm just going to elaborate on that real quick too. You know, listen, a lot of times there's so many people out there that are giving out information, and at the end of that information, there's always a product to be sold, or yeah. uh, you know, there's always a way that they want to try to monetize what they're doing. Well, listen, we don't hide behind the fact that sure. Uh, you know, money would benefit us as well. However, we don't sell anything. It's just it's just good information that we're giving you. Um, however, we have advertisements and things like that 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 just take care of that for us. We don't need to sit there and put a product out there. Right. Um, so, what I'm saying is, our information is just a little bit more credible because we don't really have that much to gain other than the information being credible. Right. Right. Um, okay. So that being said, uh, first of all, yeah. If you're going to share this, obviously this isn't something that you would do. It's it's not like YouTube, uh, but we do if you if you belong to our Facebook group uh, and you see a new link out for a new show, sharing it uh, within your within your friends list uh, mm-hmm. that's always helpful. Yes, uh, you know, same thing with liking the videos or, or sorry, liking the the links as well. That's also helpful. Giving a review is a little bit different. It, it's kind of hard to, to say because it's different for every platform. So if you're listening on Apple iPod or iPodcasts, Apple,
1: I'm not really sure. I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah.
0: Apple Podcasts, okay. Uh, You know, if you're listening there, it's one way where you would just add us to your favorites. Um, However, if you're on something like Spotify or Anchor, and those are our top three, by the way, Hmm. uh, it's a matter of there's, I believe, a five-star ranking system there. Um, I think it was Anchor allows you to leave uh, different – you know, reviews, actual worded textual reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it, it just differs by what platform that you're listening, but uh, anything that you can do that kind of boosts us, gives us more of a platform or, or more of a, uh, of an audience is always helpful. Sure. Um, but other than that, I mean, that's, that's really the most that we can ask of anybody. And then of course, there's this idea that w- we have this link in every one of our, podcast descriptions, and it is there so that you can give your, you know, if you have any questions, I always say at the end of every podcast, if you have any questions, comments, reviews, um, you know, that you could click the link in the description and leave us a voice message. Uh, that's also helpful. It not only, not only uh, gives us, you know, some motivation to keep, keep us moving, um, but also it, 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 allows us to interact with our audience as well. Answer your questions on an individual basis. I think that that uh, is very helpful. And, you know, when we have that interaction, it makes it a little bit more personable. And that's something that we would like to offer our audience as well. Yeah.
1: So, that and, and, all being said. Yeah, and that that, and to just add to that real quick, um, if it gets to the point where we have – so many questions coming in that we can't possibly answer every one. What a great problem that is to have. Sure. Um, there's mm-hmm. sort of, there's all sorts of ways we can handle that situation. We can answer certain questions. Mm-hmm. We can take a question that is very commonly being asked mm-hmm. and make a video or not a video. Yeah. I always want to say a video and I, we can make a podcast uh, audio um, for the listeners to listen to. We can create another show based on this one question that's being asked on a regular basis. Yeah. So, So that's always great too. And, and, and so all that information that, that Joe has just given you as far as um, interacting with us and, and uh, letting people know about the show, if it's something that you truly benefit from or that you truly enjoy listening to, we would greatly appreciate that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for that. Um, let me get into the second point I want to make. There's three points altogether today in the beginning of the show. Uh, when it comes to the exercising. Uh, the fitness part of it. We know that in terms of auditory learning, um, when it comes to listening about nutrition or when it comes to listening about being the best you, our shoulders up version, uh, interviews, um, listening is always something that is somewhat easier to do. But when it comes to exercising and we're trying to explain certain things, for instance, up to this point, we've done two shows on exercising. One was the warm-up and cool down and the other one was foundational training. And so when you're listening to me explain the different types of warm-ups and cool-downs and the different types of movements for foundational training and how to put them together, sometimes that can be a little more difficult to understand. So please understand this. We have every intention, and not just an intention, it's going to happen. We are going to do video where we actually show warm-up, cool-down, foundational training to more in depth in more detail of exercises in terms of sets and reps and the difference between strength and conditioning and just powerlifting workouts or, or, or CrossFit or Zumba or yoga. And so, we're going to have videos links that go to these particular shows and where you're going to be able to click on them. Joe, you know maybe you can, you know, put them in the right direction in terms of how that's going to work when we start doing that.
0: Yeah. So a few different ways. One, one, there's a way that we could actually upload video through the Anchor app. Um, And and that's that's something that we've yet to do. So that's I can't really comment on how that is done or or how you would go about viewing a video that way. Until then, though, uh, it's a simple YouTube link. Um, You know, it would just all you would just do is is click on the link in the description. It'll be one of those where it tells you, you know, basically uh, how to perform a proper push-up, Right. Mm -hmm. And and there'll be a video for that. Uh, and and it's just, and of course I'm, I'm giving a very easy, uh, uh, example here, of course. Right. But, but that said, yeah, no, it would just be, you know, simple links to YouTube videos for the time being. And, uh, in time seeing how, how it works, um, the video integration with anchor, uh, we may be able to do it right here within the podcast itself,
1: which would be great. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, one step at a time, folks, you know, um, slow and steady wins the race. We, we said that several times. So that's what we're doing here. Um, you don't want to do too much too fast. And, and that being said, one more point I want to make the third point last week, for those of you who listen, um, last week, we had a very riveting interview with Kim and she talked about, uh, her encounter with rhabdomyolysis. And I want to point this out to everybody. If you listen to the show and you thought um, in any way, shape, or form uh, because she had spoke about an out-of-body ex- experience um, and what she was going through and what she was feeling at that time, folks, there is no dramatic effect there. There's not Kim trying to display some type of, you know, let me draw in more people by giving this scenario That is the reality of what she was dealing with. And if you were listening to that, I want you to really understand how serious that situation was. And um, I've known Kim for 30 years. And so in that interview, when she's talking about that, that is a scary moment. And I want you to understand how serious she was in getting that out to the listeners when it comes to overtraining and what it can do to you. Uh, so please understand that um, that was not put in for for some type of drama or some type of extra incentive for people to listen to the show that was put in there because that was her reality at that moment in time. And she wanted to tell her story as it happened, the way it happened. And so please understand that And, and I want to I, I just felt like after listening, I, I listen to every podcast, like I've said before, um, after it's done. And I, when I heard that, I, I said, I really want to make that point what do you want to drive that home? That that was a moment that she experienced. And, and so uh, I think it's important to understand, you know, that there was no, you know, it wasn't added in there for dramatics. It was added in there because that's what she was experiencing in the moment. Um, so there's that, um, yeah.
0: and, and you know, what too, T I'd say it is important that, that people understand again. And i I said this in the last show, uh, you know, a lot of people were thinking, well, I, I don't work out that hard or I don't do it. You know, I, I don't work out that constant that uh, it should even be an issue for me.
1: Yeah.
0: And and really, we're talking to those who are just starting out that want that, that fast uh, result. Um, and so they figure more is better. Well, you know, it, because you're out of shape, trying to do more is better. You're more susceptible to going through rhabdo than those that are in, in good health. Yeah. And so, you know, because your, your body's not ready for it. So you're essentially tearing your body apart uh, a a lot quicker. Um, So, you know, it is important that, that everybody understand. And again, like Tony was saying, uh, you know, it does, it it, it really was something that, um, again, regardless of, 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 of of your belief system or anything along the likes of that um, there, she was in this, in this predicament where she felt that her life was, was slipping away she was on her way out okay yeah. uh and that really was the takeaway from the whole thing so yes. definitely something yeah. to to bear in mind.
1: And, and that and also just to add this you know before we move on um like you said you know where rhabdo can be um uh could sneak up on people who are not in good shape as you can mm-hmm. see it can easily sneak up on people who are in great shape yep uh, I mean, there's that too there's that too so you know um there's that um right. yeah
0: All right, well, okay, we're going to take (laughs) a (laughs) little, Why not? All right, so let's take a quick break. We're going to do a sponsor thing here, one of those ads we talked about earlier. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about mixing keto with intermittent fasting. Stick around.
1: All righty, folks, welcome back. Now, we have talked about intermittent fasting extensively, right? We've even abbreviated it to IF now. And uh, we, we brought you the benefits of the ketogenic diet, but combining them together. Now, if you recall, we said in the earlier stages of the show, previous podcasts in the beginning, we would go into detail about intermittent fasting first, because we will show you throughout the journey how it plays a role in all other eating lifestyles. And so, well, here we are. So listen up. Number one. Let's remember this. Intermittent fasting is about time-delayed eating, a period of no food consumption, followed by an eating window over so many hours, whether it be 16-8, 20-4, 18-6, 14-12. Keto, on the other hand, is how you eat in terms of percentages when it comes to macronutrients, and we discussed that in detail. Fats being the highest percentage, somewhere between 60, 65, even 70% of your intake, followed by proteins, which is usually between 20 25%, sometimes 30%. So many factors go into that. And then, of course, carbs being relatively low, actually extremely low in the ketogenic diet, never more than 10%, usually lower. So the question is, how do we combine these two? Believe it or not, the answer, although extensive, is relatively simple. So, let me give you several different ways that we can go about doing this. And pay attention, get out the notebooks, or simply listen to this show more than once to really get an understanding of all that I'm about to say to you. One way is to use what we call TMAD or two meals a day, T M A D. Now, there are a couple different ways to do TMAD. So, for example, let me give you an example using the 16.8, okay? We talk about 16 hours of not eating, followed by an eight-hour eating window, right? And usually, in a lot of situations, this is where you're finishing up eating at 7 o'clock in the evening, and then you're not eating again until 11 o'clock the next morning. In this situation, you're doing that seven days a week.
0: Okay, and, and real quick, Tony. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean Go to c- cut you off. Understand, this is just an example of the times. It, it's Absolutely. not to say you have to do it this at these times. Right. Um, he, this is just just for the for example purposes only.
1: Right. Right. So, so uh, when you talk about this, let me give you this example. This is a situation where Sunday through Saturday, seven days a week, where you're combining both of these. Now, you are fasting every day. For 16 hours, so you're done eating at Sunday on Sunday at 7 o'clock in the evening, and you're not eating again until around 11 o'clock in the morning the next day, and from 11 to 7, okay, which is now Monday, you are eating in a ketogenic style form. So, in other words, you are following those percentages that we talked about extensively in the ketogenic diet shows that we did already. What does that mean? I'm going to say it again. I say it every show. If you just jumped in to this episode, and this is your first episode you're listening to from Two Brothers, One Mike, you're way ahead of the game, meaning you're too far ahead. You need to go back to episode one and follow the journey because we're going to be saying things that you've already learned in previous episodes. So we've already talked about the ketogenic diet. From 11 to 7, you are eating in ketogenic lifestyle form. And then at 7 o'clock, you're fasting again until 11 o'clock the next morning. And then you're eating in the ketogenic lifestyle again. Now, Two meals a day. So you're eating when you break your fast around 11 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes people don't eat till noon. And then you're eating again around 530 or 6 o'clock in the evening, as long as you're done eating by 7 o'clock. So those are your two meals. And those two meals are done with 70% or so of fat intake, 20, 25% or so, uh, 20 or 25% or so of protein intake, and between 5 and 10% of carbohydrate intake. Make sense? So another approach that we can talk about here with TMAD is something that, that a lot of research has shown to be even more effective. So it's still two meals, two, uh, I, as I get tongue twisted there, two meals a day. And, and when you're eating it, you're actually starting off eating in the morning, maybe at seven o'clock in the morning. Let's again, for the sake of example, use seven o'clock in the morning as your beginning uh, of your eating or your eating window. And you're finishing up around maybe three o'clock. All right. So your last meal is going to be around two o'clock. So what do you mean by this? So here's an example of this type of eating style with, again, two meals a day, seven days a week, combining ketogenic diets with intermittent fasting. You wake up in the morning at seven o'clock and you eat your first meal of the day. You then eat your second meal of the day around two o'clock in the afternoon. At three o'clock in the afternoon, you begin your 16 hour fast. So therefore, your 16-hour fast goes from 3 o'clock in the afternoon until 7 o'clock the next morning. You're still eating two meals, but your fasting window has changed. Well, people will say you're still going ketogenic every day on your two meals, and you're still fasting the same, 16 and 8. So what's the benefits? Let me explain what the benefits may be based on research studies. Your time that you are digesting your food has changed because you're now digesting your food at 3 o'clock while you are still awake, which is giving you more of an opportunity for better sleep since your body isn't hard at work at that point, turning in for the night. In other words, folks, when you're digesting food, if you're eating until 7 o'clock at night, you know that 11 to 7 window we talked about, now you begin your digestive process and you're actually still digesting food while you are in bed, which makes it take longer for you to get into that deep sleep we talk about, which is so beneficial. If you can be done fasting, or I'm sorry, done eating at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and then begin your fast, by the time you go to bed, if the digestive process is done, you will get into your deeper sleep much quicker, which means so many different things. And just two reasons I can give you is the creation of human growth hormone. Human growth hormone creation doubles and triples When your body no longer has to worry about working so hard to digest food and is in a relaxed state and in a deeper sleep so much quicker so that that sleep is so much longer in terms of your body not working so hard. Also, for men especially, testosterone levels and the creation of testosterone over over the nighttime while sleeping and getting into a deeper sleep so much quicker is also twofold, increasing so much quicker, which is a great benefit for men more than anything, okay? So there's just two examples right there of benefits that they have found in research that can make it more beneficial when changing your fasting window to three o'clock in the afternoon to seven o'clock in the morning. Just another tool in the toolbox. If it works for you, if it doesn't, it's not that the other way is not beneficial. It's that this one is more beneficial. Just an example, as Joe pointed out earlier. Now, Skipping away from TMAD and going into another, another route, which is OMAD. And we have mentioned this before, one meal a day, right? And it's a route that that people that do, you know, a lot of people take. And I know people that do this and benefit greatly from it. So how do you take that one meal a day, which is a big time fast, I call it? That's a big time fast because that's 23 hours of not eating on one hour of eating. And how do we combine the ketogenic diet with that? Uh, there's a lot of questions there, right? So when going this route, fat adaptation is almost an absolute requirement beforehand. Metabolic flexibility. There's two terms that we've talked about in the past. You should have been listening to those shows so that you understand what fat adaptation is.
0: you know, Maybe we should just give a quick definition because yeah. let's face it, at this point in the game, I don't think anybody's going to pause this one and yeah. go back to listen. So maybe we just tell them real quick about fat. Do you mind if I take it over? I'll, I'll just. Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. All right. So fat, yeah, if you could say it. fat adaptation mm-hmm. is when your body knows how to use fat for energy as opposed to glucose. It's adapted to the fat. Yes. Uh, When we talk about metabolic flexibility, big sciencey science words, I know, but all (laughs) it means is your body knows how to use fat for energy, and then when you take in glucose, it knows it knows to use glucose for energy. When that it will do it more efficiently. Um, You know, we we had talked about ketogenic flu at one point, the keto flu. Uh Uh, That's when your body is first learning how to do this. Metabolic flexibility is when your body will automatically switch from glucose to fat. Glucose to fat and be just fine doing it. No keto flu, no side effects, no issues. Your body just works, Metabolic, metabolically f- flexible.
1: This yeah, is why, yeah, is. folks. This is why we don't do science. <laughs> yeah, between, we can't say the words. <laughs> we can't say those words. And and not only that, but this is uh, what we what we do. What we do do a lot is we bring in people on our show that we talk about with the. Most impossible names we could possibly pronounce. Yes. We, but we try to stay away from the science.
0: Right, and so, sense. and that's just it. So fat fat adaptation again is just your body knowing to use fat for energy. So that being said, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and and, and with Joe giving a great you know um, recap, all right, kind of a cliff notes, so to speak, on. What we've already talked about, you guys, if you have not listened to these episodes in order, should go back as we explained the fat adaptation process and how you become metabolically flexible. Yeah, you
0: really should go back. I mean, that that really is just a super watered-down version.
1: Right. So, therefore, uh, before going OMAD, one meal a day, especially if you're going to do that type of intermittent fasting on the ketogenic diet, you need to follow that path first, okay? Fat adaptation. So, so as an example, okay, and again, this is like you know, Joe said earlier, it's just an example of a one meal a day on OMAD, where you're using intermittent fasting, which is OMAD, and then you're throwing a ketogenic diet in with it, which means that one meal you're eating is following those percentages of macronutrients that we've talked about when it comes to ketogenic diet. So that being said, let's say you are finishing up your eating at six o'clock every day. This is a seven-day awake thing. Finishing up your eating at 6 o'clock, and then you are fasting until approximately 5 o'clock the next day, approximately 23 hours, followed by one meal where you are eating your macronutrients following a ketogenic diet, and then again going OMAD for another 23 hours, Mm -hmm. which is very extensive, and why fat adaptation is extremely important when doing that diet. And we're going to really get into this here. So that being said, you know, the question may be, uh, I, there's really no other way to say this. This is, is exactly what I bet you most of you are thinking. Who in the hell does OMAD <laughs> on a ketogenic diet? What not is me. wrong with these people, right? Nope, not me. And not, not, and not me. <laughs> and not me. But I know a handful of people that do it and love it. Mm-hmm. But they are also fat adapted. It took them a journey of months to get there. Uh, in which they love doing it now, it was not something that happened for them overnight, and it was not something they thought they would ever want to do until they kept trying to go further and further with it and it 's not something listen to me it 's not something they do all the time right. that 's the important part also so listen, there are a ton of benefits doing Omad on the ketogenic diet, and there are some red flags as well, uh, and so you know we could say that for Omad, we can do an entire show about that, and we will. But we're not going to just leave you right there knowing there's red flags and knowing there's benefits. We're going to tell you what some of them are. Some of the benefits of doing OMAD on a ketogenic diet where you're only eating one meal a day following keto, just throw a couple of them out there. Uh, so that you understand that there are indeed benefits is increased focus, right? Because listen, you're creating ketones out the wazoo, so to speak. And when you're creating ketones out the wazoo, your brain is functioning on ketones more so than glucose. So when it's doing that, your focus, your cognitive function, your clarity, your vision is that much clearer. It's scientifically proven over and over again. Fat burning through the roof, metabolic flexibility. There's that word again, that terminology, through the roof. It's almost impossible. It's almost impossible to go over your caloric needs. We've talked about BMR. We've talked about the glycemic index and we've talked about glycemic load and we've talked about BMR, your basal metabolic rate, and how many calories you burn when you are at a rested state. We've talked about that in previous shows. And let's say your BMR is 2,000. Folks, if you're doing OMAD on a ketogenic diet and you can get to 2,000 calories, please tell me how you did it. Um, you, it's almost impossible to go over your caloric needs when you are doing the ketogenic diet on OMAD. So you are free from counting calories for sure if you're following that particular diet style, that plan. Now, there are some red flags as well. But before I get to the red flags, let me say this, because I just mentioned it earlier. This is not something you do 12 months a year. People do an OMAD diet on keto and they do it for six weeks. And then they move over to TMAD and do it for six weeks, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But let me talk about the red flags. There's several things that I'm going to tell you right now, and Joe will agree with me, that will probably have you avoiding this type of eating lifestyle. Number one, and here's a shocker, you need to consult your doctor immediately when changing this to this type of lifestyle, especially broken record. If you are a type one or type two diabetic. consult
0: them before you even start it.
1: Right. Or if you have hypoglycemia. If you're hypoglycemic, Mm -hmm. automatically. Okay. Um, If you are nutrient deficient in several areas and diagnosed as such, let me put it to you this way. I have people tell me this all the time. I'm probably deficient in vitamin D because I live in Ohio and the sun comes out four hours a year. They're not even that far off when it comes to how often the sun comes out in Ohio Uh, and and, and boy, I can get on a rant right now about that. I'm so sick and tired of that, but um, the, the, not, not the people complaining about the sun. I'm not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not happy with the sun when it comes to living where I live. Do you
0: so, remember that one episode where we talked about cursing at the wind? That's what uh, I'm, sorry, yeah, I'm missing, yeah, so go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and anyone who listens to the show is laughing right now because it's pointless. It's pointless. Totally pointless. It's, yeah. Um, and so you can't automatically assume you're – Deficient in vitamin D because the sun only comes out ever so often if you live in a certain part of the United States.
0: Right.
1: You are if you're diagnosed with vitamin D deficiency, then then if you're diagnosed with being deficient in vitamin B, vitamin A, iron, things of this, uh, uh, you know, when we're talking about vitamins and minerals, then then for sure you have to be careful when you're doing an OMED uh, type of eating lifestyle on the ketogenic diet because and, you need those nutrients
0: yeah and, and I'll, i i really want to encourage everybody in northeast ohio western pa if you're listening to this get it checked your vitamin d uh it, you know because really we uh, there are a mass amount of people in this area that are vitamin i'm one i have yeah. to take i have to take twice a week after you're it.
1: diagnosed
0: you're yeah, diagnosed I'm with it. diagnosed with it um yeah. you know and there's a lot of people who are there's Many more that aren't, but you know, it's again. I would just encourage everyone to just get that checked. It, it does yeah. play. Uh, a lot of people think it's just a vitamin, right? We, we could take a regular vitamin and be okay. Mm. Um, and I assure you, what I get prescribed to me is not found in any over-the-counter vitamin. No. that you're taking so the
1: amount of international units of vitamin D that you actually need, and what is provided living in this area of the country, probably not even close. Right. Uh, but again, but again, we, we do need to be diagnosed with it before we just assume right. and say, we can't do this diet. Right. Um, and then a couple other, there's a couple other groups and we've talked about these groups before when it comes to, you know, intermittent fasting, maybe not even be good for you. And the ketogenic diet may not even be good for you, let alone combining both of them. Pregnant women, you're completely off the, off the list. You cannot, you're eating for two and you need those nutrients and young children, you're growing. You need those nutrients. Um, I honestly do not like to see intermittent fasting in the ketogenic diet in any kid under 18 years of age. Um, so there's that. Um, again, there's a whole show about this in the future, right? Uh, uh, but we wanted to point out several of the benefits and several of the red flags as well. Yeah. But before we, we you know, and anything else, there's a third way, and this is probably the most popular. Uh, this is probably the most popular. It's uh, intermittent fasting periodically on the ketogenic diet. So not doing it seven days a week. It's, It's doing it periodically, not seven days a week. This may be, like I said, the most popular way to approach the two together. It allows for more flexibility with people who like to eat more often due to nutrient deficiencies, or let's face it, I mean, we can preach all we want to, but some of you still have that fear of losing weight the wrong way. As you want to explore it a little bit more, Um, you don't necessarily trust the science completely, okay? And we get it. We understand that. So what is an example? There's that word, example. Remember, example of what this looks like as opposed to the other two we mentioned with OMAD and TMAD seven days a week followed by a ketogenic diet. First, remember. You won't be doing this every day, meaning fasting. You'll be doing the ketogenic diet every day, but you won't be fasting every day. So you may do a 16-8 uh, t style on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays weekly, just three days a week, a 16-8 three days a week, doing two meals a day on those days. The other four days of the week, you'll be doing ketogenic, but you'll be eating three to maybe even four meals a day. All right, so let me well, give
0: you— it, it, real, real quick, I'm going to throw this in there. And, and to me, now for me, if I were to do any of them, regardless ketogenic or whatever uh, diet it might be, uh, it makes more sense to me that it would be that period- that this one would apply to— it just makes more sense. I I, I feel like it should apply to to everyone really because it's intermittent fasting. It's never meant to be done every day. Right. Um, You know, I I mean, I understand that, that there, there, there are those who benefit from OMAD and TMAD and what have you, but doing it seven days a week, just that's, I don't know. To me, it's, uh, it doesn't sound like intermittent fasting. It's right. just it's it's like they're following a routine, right?
1: Right, and so and so I'm going to touch on that. I did a little bit ago, but I'm going to at the end of this after we talk about the third one. Yeah, I'm going to drive home one more point about all three of these. Okay, okay. okay. so so using this quick example we're talking about here, where we're doing intermittent fasting uh, three days a week, where we're using sixteen eight as a. As a- as an example again, Mm -hmm. and we're using two meals a day as an example. All right. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays for the, for the purpose of example. So let me give a full quick example. All right. Uh, of how this would work. You're finishing up your eating on Sunday, Tuesday and Thursday at seven o'clock and then breaking your fast at 11 o'clock in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The only time you wouldn't be doing that on back-to-back days is when you're going from Saturday to Sunday because neither one of those days are you doing the intermittent fasting. You're just simply eating all day on a ketogenic diet plan. Right. So that being said, all right, you would eat your first meal on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday around 11 a.m., between 11 and 12, and your second meal, because you're doing t Uh, Between 5 and 5.30 p.m., maybe 6 o'clock, actually, okay? Finishing up before 7. And then on that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you would quit at 7, okay? And then the other four days would be following a ketogenic diet plan and possibly doing, you know, three meals a day. So Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Saturday, you may begin eating meals, you know, in the morning, like maybe around 8 o'clock in the morning, a second meal at 1 o'clock, and a third meal at, let's say, 6.30 Mm-hmm. Six, 6, thirty, seven o'clock. Oh, no, not, not 7 o'clock because you would begin your fast at 7 o'clock. Right. So, again, you're following these in a ketogenic diet style while you're eating, okay, while you're eating throughout the day on those four days. So, let me say this before I continue, okay? I just gave you a lot of information on examples. Auditory learning can be very difficult when listening to it for the first time, it has been shown and proven and time and time again. When you listen to something the second time after your brain has processed that information first time, it becomes so much clearer. And I have – it, I can tell you that for me, folks, it's amazing how much clearer it becomes when I listen to something for the second time, second time around, okay? So that being said, do not be afraid to go back to this show and listen to the examples again, and you'll be amazed how it becomes more clear. When you listen to it the second time around. So let me give you another example. Instead of doing TMAD, doing intermittent fasting and using it as an OMAD, okay, on, let's say, two days a week, Mondays and Thursdays. So how would that work? So you would eat, for example, in the ketogenic manner until 6 p.m. on Sunday night and then fast until 5 p.m. on Monday, 23 hours, followed by your one meal, ketogenic style. You would then do the same exact thing Wednesday into Thursday, the same exact thing you did Sunday into Monday. There's your two days doing only OMAD. The other five days would be simply eating all day long with some four or five, six hours in between each meal doing a ketogenic lifestyle. The reason why, you know, when I was talking earlier about between 8 and 1.30 you're not eating and 1.30 and 6.30 you're not eating because that gives your body time to digest your food. You're not eating every one to two hours. And you're fat adapted at this point. Your metabolic flexibility ugh, flexibility is yeah. through the roof, and so it's not very hard to do at all, right? So that being said, and I mean, again, Folks, studies will show you the second time around in terms of auditory learning increases your understanding of the concepts presented exponentially. So don't be afraid to go back and listen to that again and again until you get that concept down. Let me say this in closing. And um, this is Joe. This is where I want to go back to what you were saying earlier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is not I just gave you three different styles doing teamAD uh seven days a week with the ketogenic diet. intermittent fasting, doing OMAD, okay, seven days a week where you're only eating one time and intermittent fasting every day. And that one meal is ketogenic. Those are, that's hardcore, right? And then doing your intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet where you're taking different styles, like five days of eating normal on a ketogenic followed by two days of intermittent fasting where you're only taking in so many calories that day and you're eating ketogenically. So that's being said, that being said, here's what a lot of people do. They don't do this 12 months a year. They take six weeks and they do that first one, the TMAD, using both intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet. Then they go six weeks on the OMAD with ketogenic. Then they go to that flexibility back and forth with the intermittent fasting only a couple days a week. and They do either a TMAD or OMAD with those two days. And then the other five days, they're on a ketogenic diet, but they simply eat normal every four or five hours, sometimes six hours, getting in three meals a day. And then... They go on a four-week uh, uh, after those after those 18 weeks, six, six, and six. They'll go on a four-week uh, eating style where it's just low-carb, high-fat. And they don't do really any intermittent fasting. They just try to eat as healthy as possible, a standard care diet uh, over those four weeks. And then they go back and repeat all over again. So they follow it over, periodically speaking, over certain periods of time. No way is – I'm sorry – No one's going to tell me it is beneficial to do an OMAD ketogenic diet seven days a week, 12 months a year. Absolutely not. But there are extreme benefits when it comes to doing it in certain periods of time.
0: Absolutely. All right. Okay, so let's take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, Coach Tony is going to get down to the nuts and bolts of the true benefits of combining IF with the ketogenic diet. Stick around.
1: Welcome back, everyone. So now... We have an idea of several ways showing how, but not limited to, keto and intermittent fasting are combined. But what does science say in its most layman terms as to why putting these two eating lifestyles together can be beneficial in so many different ways? What I want to do here is simply give some reasons why combining the two reap reward. And no, believe it or not, Coach Tony still isn't going to venture down the road of keto. It's just not my thing, and that's the beauty of this whole finding the lifestyle eating plan that works for you, quote-unquote, idea. There are so many routes you can go. That being said, let's jump into the benefits of this keto intermittent fasting lifestyle of eating, which I totally get. I really do. First, let me point this out. There is a common denominator that makes both of these approaches work well together, ketones. Both styles create ketones, which help the body function at a much higher level, as we have discussed several times now. Remember the show when we talked about, do we want jet fuel or do we want that 87-octane fuel in our body? What do you think? So, the ketogenic diet deprives the body of creating too much glucose, thus creating ketones, and burning fat as a primary source of fuel, energy. IF- Also delays your eating over periods of time, some longer than others, depending on which route you're taking, which deprives the body of glucose and forces ketone production to a certain degree and puts the body in a situation to make stored fat your number one source of fuel to burn. Make sense? Okay. So when combining the two, putting them together, as we've been talking about this entire show so far, so far, I sort of... Just mentioned one of the benefits, and it's a big one. You're, you're creating ketones from both, in which your body is turning fatty acids into ketones and making your body very effective, and I mean very effective, at burning body fat. Look at it as a, as a one-two punch combination, right? A nice hook and uppercut. Also, because you are on a ketogenic diet plan, meaning your carbon take is between, what, maybe 5 and 10% daily, usually lower than 10% for sure. Intermittent fasting is so much easier to add to your arsenal because you're not prone to social cues, giving you cravings to eat even when you aren't hungry. And let me give you an example here. We're going to we're going to do a a show on social uh, social cues. boy. when you talk a lot. You really can stumble over the easiest words in the English language, let me tell you. Uh, Trust me
0: when I tell you, if you don't talk enough, you do the same thing.
1: <laughs> so, and I, I want to give an example here. I, I, like I said, we're going to do a lot of a lot of shows over social cues, um, but um, the game is on. Here's an example. A- and you just ate. You just ate dinner, but now the game just came on. Doesn't matter. You are cued by the habit of eating during the big game on TV. So... It's time to get up and make that sub sandwich. You're not even hungry, but that sub sandwich is a necessity in front of the TV where you're watching the Super Bowl. Guaranteed. A lot of you are laughing because it's true. So when you're pairing intermittent fasting and keto together, it helps rid you of those cues and those habits as your body runs minimally on glucose and primarily on ketones. It's almost like IF is the big brother telling ketosis, I got your back. It's not necessary. Don't worry about it. One supports the other because of that common denominator again, ketone production. One creates ketones in the absence of calories altogether, while the other creates ketones with calories present. But because the percentages you are following in macronutrients consumption, in other words, carbohydrates being very low, ketone production is inevitable. So the last point I am going to make is based on a study I learned about in the Journal of Hepatology Reports, also known as JHEP, J-H-E-P, very reputable journal, okay? You will be told that time and time again by medical journalists, by doctors, by scientists. This is a remarkable study, which I read a lot about and saw a video on. It was produced to show, for one, that the benefits of combining both the ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting would help tremendously in lowering non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, which is a very big problem in this world. They looked at three sample groups in this study. Group one combined a low-carb ketogenic approach, right, and a specific IF approach following a 5-2 Meaning a five, two. So think about the ratio five colon two, meaning on two non-consecutive days, the people taking part in the study ate a total of five 500 calories. And on the other five days, they pretty much whatever they wanted. So when we talk about non-consecutive days, folks, okay, we're talking about maybe Monday and Thursday. Tuesday and Saturday, never Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, Thursday. They took two non consecutive days and ate only 500 calories. That was one meal fasting for 23 hours the rest of the way. Zero restrictions on those other five days of eating. That was one group. Okay. Now, another group was put on a low carb, high fat diet, keeping carbs low, right? 10% and taking in protein on average of around close to 30%. And then a third group was added on and they were put on a standard care diet. So some interesting results came from this study with these three groups. The reduction, now listen up, the reduction in fatty liver with the low carb, high fat group was 7.2%. With the intermittent fasting group, okay, it was five, I'm sorry, with the intermittent fasting group being the 5-2 group, right? Five days of eating whatever they wanted and two days of only taking in 500 calories on OMAD. It was 6.1% reduction of fatty liver. And finally, with the standard care group, just the standard dietary eating on seven days a week, that group was 3.6% reduction in fatty liver disease. So as we can see, the first two groups, right, the low-carb, high-fat group, and the group that went with the five-two intermittent fasting, they had a significant reduction, all right, in terms of reducing fatty liver as opposed to the standard diet plan. Now, I mean, let's let's be honest here. All three groups, there was a benefit involved, right? But literally, almost double when it came to the first two groups as opposed to just a standard eating plan. Uh, the 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 group that was doing keto basically and the group that was doing intermittent fasting basically, really uh, the percentages were, percentages were much higher in terms of lessening fatty liver disease.
0: All right, T, t- quick question. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, so we know about keto. Uh, we've talked about what that means. Uh, yeah. You know what you do when you're doing keto. How sure. you're doing intermittent fasting. But maybe we should get a little bit deeper into what the standard diet plan. What what, what exactly is meant by that?
1: Yeah, you know, I it you know, it just said standard care diet plan in, in the actual research. Uh it probably is a good idea. Good point. Uh good interruption there for sure. Uh interjection I should say. Um interruption is more like uh hard <laughs> For for all our for all our 70s fans out there. Uh welcome back Carter. We're not going to get too far into that. Anyway. No, yeah. Not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> uh so interjecting here is a good is a good uh good time to do so. Standard care diet. Folks, when we talk about the standard care diet, what they did there was those people were basically eating, um, most likely, uh, six servings of fruits and vegetables a day, more vegetables and fruits. So probably four to five servings of vegetables, one to two servings of fruits, um, basically whole grain foods, which is considered a standard care diet. Um, lean meats, not a whole lot of fat, which is considered standard care diet, right? Um, uh, Low fat milk. As you can see, I'm being a little sarcastic here, because this is what's considered a good diet by standards that are looked at since our food pyramid. Okay. And so they're eating according to that, not a whole lot of sugar, which is a good idea, uh, if any sugar at all. Um, staying away from the sweets, the w- away from the potato chips, staying away from processed foods. So a lot of good going into a standard care diet. But some things are in the standard care diet that really aren't good for you in terms of how they approached it with whole grains and so on and so forth. Um, does that make sense? I think so. Yeah, and so that's what your standard care diet is. There's good and bad in there, uh, and boy, that's that show we're talking about where we're going to approach that. And probably one of the reasons why it was a little more beneficial, but not even close to what it was when it comes to the people that did the ketogenic diet and the people that went on the intermittent fasting diet. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, let me point something else out, a couple other things about this study that I think are extremely beneficial. And, And this one here is about weight loss. When it came to this research here, uh, which you know, I, I want to point this out, not because it's the most important thing, but we we all have that habit of gauging weight loss as important when it comes to are we going to approach this or not. Um, that low carb, high fat group, um, they lost on average, <clears throat> as I'm losing my voice, seven point three kilograms, which is approximately equal to sixteen pounds. Uh, whereas the people on the intermittent fasting diet, the five two. That group lost 7.4 kilograms, which again is approximately 16 pounds um, per person. And the standard care group only lost 2.5 kilograms, which is about five and a half pounds a piece on average. Um, That's a significant difference. That's only a third of what their counterparts lost in the other two groups. So that's a significant difference between uh, the first two groups for sure. Nonetheless, folks, We can't say that any of the groups didn't achieve at least some success, which is why we constantly on this podcast point to different eating lifestyles that may pique your interest and help you form a doable plan to make you the best you, in this case, from a nutritional standpoint. And you know what? I'm going to point out a couple other uh, side notes here. There were other things that they pointed out, significant differences uh, in uh, these first two groups. Their A1C levels dropped significantly significantly. Uh, which is huge, uh, a huge benefit. And their cholesterol levels also, as opposed to the standard care group, drop dropped significantly. So again, the standard care group, it's not the dairy areas, but uh, the other two groups improved exponentially uh, in these areas, which makes their lifestyle seem to be a little more attractive. Um, and let me point out a second side note. Uh, this study also uh gets into types of fat eaten okay fats that are eaten by these groups, whether they be saturated or polyunsaturated and what they were looking at was did it matter what types of fats these group you know the, the, these groups ate, whether they be saturated or polyunsaturated et cetera? did it matter at all in terms of the numbers that you know they came up with and the overall the overall answer is no um, that answer you know is broken down um a lot in the study when it comes to the types of fat being eaten. Uh, And that is for another show when we tackle each macronutrient one at a time. When we tackle fats as one show, when we tackle carbohydrates as one show, and when we tackle proteins and we tackle that a lot, okay, or we're going to, uh, that is a separate show. We will talk about why possibly these uh, people can eat whatever type of fat on the intermittent fasting diet and on the keto diet and not effect, not it have an effect on the wonderful numbers they came up with, uh, in the time that they had, um, in the time that this study was going on. So, uh, my conclusion, it would be this as someone, listen, I'm a specialist in fitness nutrition. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a dietitian. This is my opinion. Why not maybe combine the first two, right? That's an option. Why not combine keto and intermittent fasting? If the numbers, okay, if the numbers are showing that you can literally double your benefits from your A1C levels to your cholesterol to your weight loss and so on and so forth, okay, and decreasing your chances at fatty liver disease, if you're doubling the numbers, By doing keto alone or by doing intermittent fasting alone, as opposed to those on a standard care diet? What if you combined keto and intermittent fasting together in certain periods, like I talked about in segment one, where you went six weeks on this, six weeks on that, six weeks on this, four more weeks on that? Guys, remember we talked about that? This is why I want you to listen to this show more than once. What if we did that? What if the benefits would double by trying that out? That is why we are presenting this as an option, Joe. Just one more tool in this toolbox for our listeners. Yep. Hey,
0: let me ask you something too, real quick. That's study—how um, long did he like over? What amount of time did they conduct that over?
1: Wow, I didn't, I didn't point that out.
0: Mm, I don't, I don't believe. So.
1: Wow. Talk about drug. There's a fumble on my part, uh, folks. Uh, I believe it was 12 weeks. It was three months. It was a three-month study. It was over a twelve-week period. Yes. So uh, that weight loss and you know that significant amount of of, of lowering their cholesterol and A one C levels and the, uh, lowering their chances at fatty liver disease and so on and so forth uh, happened over a twelve-week period.
0: Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Asked and answered. Mm. Right. <laughs> All right. So let's let's sum up today's show. There are a few ways we can work the ketogenic life by IF. The first being to simply fast every two to three days while maintaining the macro percentages needed for staying in ketosis. The next is called TMAD, which stands for two meals a day. The benefits of TMAD allow for better food digestion and better sleep, since your body can rest easy instead of digesting a meal while you get some Zs. Last, we have OMAD, or one meal a day. We have to be sure our body is fat adapted and is used to converting fat into energy instead of relying on glucose to do the job. Increased focus, fat burning, and the impossibility of going over calories are all benefits when going this route. However, consulting your doctor prior to practicing any of these lifestyles is always recommended, especially if considering TMAD and even more so with OMAD. Because keto and IF produce ketones, they naturally work well together. That said, since ketones are produced through the burning of fat cells, combining the two lifestyles is a great way to see great results regardless of your fitness goals. Last, and this isn't really part of the summary because this wasn't really said in the show, but uh, let's keep something in mind. Practically any lifestyle plan works well with IF. Simply put, in this show, we talk keto mixed with IF. Well, if you think about it, keto is your how to eat, while IF, intermittent fasting, is your when to eat. Mm. So regardless of what what lifestyle plan we talk about here, again, intermittent fasting is always about the when, whereas the other things are the how. To yes. Eat. So that's today's show in a nutshell. Now let's talk about next week. Next week we're going to talk about high fructose. Corn syrup. Where it originated. Yes, it is. Where it originated, why it came to be, and what it really does to our bodies. You'll be looking at those nutritional labels and ingredients in a whole new way. It's going to be a great and informative show. So until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. Remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening.
1: Take care, everybody, and remember... There's a lot of information here. Don't be afraid to go back, hit that rewind button, and listen to this show again. Promise you, second time around, always the best. Always the best. Take care, everyone. All
0: right, folks.